0: Hello, and welcome to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, a podcast sponsored by the Turo Center on Excellence in Teaching and Learning and the Office of the Provost. Your TFC podcast hosts are me, Professor Gina Bardwell, and Dr. Elizabeth Uni. Across academic disciplines, Turo faculty are producing great work, and the Faculty Chronicles wants you to hear all about it. TFC Podcasts will highlight faculty chatting about their favorite project in research, teaching, learning, science, medicine, technology, and so much more. So let's get busy building community, connection, and continuous conversation tour-wide. Our next Faculty Chronicle guest is on deck waiting to chat.
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Faculty Chronicles. I'm Elizabeth Uni, Associate Professor and Chair of the Department of Social, Behavioral and Administrative Sciences with the Toro College of Pharmacy in New York. Our guest for the day is Professor Gina Barwell. Gina Barwell is the Director of General Education, Chair of the Department of Speech and Communication and an Assistant Professor of Speech and Communication for Toro Undergraduate Division in New York. She recently received the prestigious 2022 Presidential Award for Service to Torah University from President Kadesh. She teaches communication courses in public speaking and presentation, interpersonal and human communication, and event management. She co-hosts Torah University's podcast, The Faculty Chronicles. She chairs, co-chairs, and actively serves on over nine university committees. Half of which are appointments by President Kedish or senior management. She has presented at TOROS Annual Assessment Summit in 2021 and 22, as well as has presented topics on best practices in communication and leadership for TOROS Graduate School of Education, Graduate Council, TCOM, and NASCAS Faculty Senate. She was a senior operation manager at Scholastic in the Department of Communication. Well, she worked with J.K. Rowling on her Harry Potter book tour. She also served as the director of special events at the New York Historical Society for five years. Gina, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. I'm very glad to be here and glad to be with you, Elizabeth.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting when one co-host can interview the other co-host.
0: Absolutely.
1: For our listeners, tell us a little bit about your academic journey at Toro, like from where you started to now.
0: When I came to Toro, it was back in 1998, out of graduate school, and I learned about a job in speech and communication. It was an adjunct job. I had done some teaching at Rutgers University in New Jersey, and I thought, well, what a great fit. When I learned about the position, I interviewed for it a couple of times with then the chair Hal Wiki. And then I was hired and I started teaching. And I absolutely loved it.
1: Awesome. And I think we kind of talked about what is your position now. You now chair of the department of speech and communication. That's very interesting. You start working in the department and then eventually you wake your way up to being the chair of the department. The
0: way that you just framed that, Elizabeth. It's so true. I started with humble beginnings as an adjunct, really loving it. And I've never really stopped my passion for teaching and speech and communication because I think it's the foundation to everything, everything you do and in any of the disciplines and in any of the majors, you must be able to explain, be an excellent explainer of ideas and thoughts I did. I worked my way up and became chair. I think that speaks a lot for the opportunities that Turo offers. And it speaks a lot for just the innovation and excitement that has happened in Turo and at Turo over the last several years.
1: And you are now an integral part of Toro because you received the Toro's Presidential Award for Service in 2022. And I know you do a lot of services at Toro. You are in nine committees, either as a chair, or as a co-chair, and you're very active in these committees. So among all the services that you have done at Toro, tell us about your favorite two services. That's really hard. I can tell you about
0: two, but they are among my favorite. Serving on the Women's Leadership Council has been very rewarding. I've learned a lot. I was one of the charter members, and now we are awarding women leaders at Turo, and so I've seen the growth and trajectory of that committee. I serve on a committee called Project Strive, and that was started, I believe, in 2018, and now we're reinvigorating that committee. That is a committee that really looks at student success, not only in terms of retention and some of the traditional ways we look at student success, but also it looks at student success in terms of what can we do? How can we serve? How can we be better at being student-centered, listening to them and meeting the moment and the needs of the students because they've changed since the pandemic of 2019. Being on that committee is wonderful. And then I have one more, (laughs) just one more. (laughs) I have to say that I have learned a tremendous amount co-chairing the General Education Committee because we have eight goals. This is all part of my job, but really co-chairing the General Education Committee and working with faculty across disciplines and being able to understand the core and fundamental values of how important it is for students to connect the dots even beyond their own discipline, to be able to be productive citizens, to be able to converse and speak outside of your major, within your major, and to make those human connections, to be able to speak to people that are in your class from other cultures, from other disciplines and interests. That's all part of general education, understanding sciences, understanding how to be a good writer. Math plays an important part in the sciences as well as other parts of a student's journey. And it's also important to be an excellent critical thinker. I call it an essential thinker because you essentially have to think about all your strategies toward your future in terms of your personal and professional life. So I would say that being the director of general education and serving as a co-chair along with the director of assessment, which is Eric Linden, has and working under the tutelage of Dr. Robert Goldschmidt and Dean Boylan. Vice President Dean Boylan has been an absolute eye-opening experience and a marvelous experience.
1: Well, that's really, really beautiful to hear how you are serving in all these Divorce committees and enjoying each one of them. But as you said in the beginning, you were teaching at Rutgers and then you heard about this opening at Toro and you came here to teach. But then you have been doing service. Of course, service is one part of our academic responsibilities. And you have been doing this for a very long time. But what was the defining moment for you when you realized that? service is a part of your identity at Toro? That's an excellent question. I think the moment
0: was when I realized that being able to communicate and network and form partnerships with other faculty and staff from the graduate school, from the medical divisions across campus, graduate school, undergraduate school, was important, I think, to my personal growth and professional growth, but really important to just exchange ideas. I worked at the Graduate School of Business and I taught a course in strategic management. And that was another way I was able to work in partnership with other faculty, other deans, and take all of the information that I've learned and bring it back into my own courses it has helped me to become a better communicator, ask better questions, form deeper and more meaningful relationships with the people that I partner with. For instance, Dr. Elizabeth Uni. We serve on Kettle, and being on that committee with you, and one time we did a round robin about what we all wanted to contribute, and I remember you saying that you wanted to contribute by perhaps doing more communication in a podcast, and that was something that I had in the back of my mind and had spoken to the provost about. And when you said that, I just reached out to you. I didn't know you. We'd never really had a, a conversation, but I knew and I just felt deeply that that was the right thing to do, to at least ask the question, are you interested in partnering with me and putting forth a proposal to form this podcast? And you could have said, well, no, I'm busy. I don't know you. Who is this? Blah blah. But you didn't. You immediately said, I would absolutely love to form this partnership. Really, that's what it's all about. Sometimes it's just taking a leap of faith, jumping over the precipice and landing on your feet and making something happen that's positive. And I just feel really proud of being able to work with you and of the work that we've done to shape this initiative for Arturo University, our podcast, The Faculty Chronicles. Dun, dun, dun. How do you like that? I love it. Uh,
1: And for our listeners out there, this is the 25th episode we are actually recording, we are airing for you guys. So if you want to listen to the previous 24 episodes, please log in and listen to the previous episodes where we have interviewed different people. So the one often heard thing from faculty is that there is no time to do service. And it's true, they're doing a lot of things. They have to do teaching, you have to meet with your students, you have to grade your assignments and you still have a life to live. So how did you find time to do all this service?
0: Well, Nelson Mandela says, everything seems impossible until you do it. You know that you have these initiatives, you have these meetings You have these conversations that have to get done. They're on the calendar. You just buckle down. Sometimes it's a lot of compartmentalizing. It's just narrowly focusing on one thing at a time, trying to do what is manageable. And I will say that sometimes I, you know, I get off track. I think we all do. And I try not to beat myself up about it. Because if you beat yourself up about the moments where you feel like you are at your wit's end, then you just sort of tumble into those habits. So I try to compartmentalize, narrowly focus, look at what's ahead of me, plan what is the most important task that at hand that I must complete. Do I work from lists? Yes, I do. Do my lists look like uh, something that a mad professor would... um, would have yes because sometimes it's scratched out and I've written something else and it's all over the place I tear it up I throw it away I start over but I always keep in mind that I'm getting toward the finish line this has to be done what is the most important what can I say do first do next do last and what can I ignore and that's kind of my strategy and I would say it works about 90% of the time. And then there's that 10% of the time where I find myself playing catch up. But for me, again, do first, do next, do last, forget about it. That's my strategy.
1: That sounds like a great mantra. It's um, prioritizing, prioritizing, prioritizing. Very good.
0: Prioritizing, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, we used to work in the college level committees within your school, within your department, there's a level of comfort there, right? You know the people around, you know your work. And then you're called by the deans or the provost office or the president's office and say, hey Gina, can you work on this thing? Now you are working at the university level where you don't know everyone around there. You need to reach out to the Torah College of Medicine or you need to reach out to uh, the Graduate School of Social Work and you have to get work done. How did that work for you? How did you become comfortable with that, reaching out and working with different people? Of course, your major is communication. This is what is your specialty in. But how did that all work out for you?
0: Elizabeth, I am not afraid to say what I don't know and what I need help with. And I'm not afraid to go to people that have that expertise and say, I can learn from you. And I think we can make this a a very good We can have a very good outcome from this particular project. This is what I need to know. Can you explain that? And I'm not afraid to do that. I have always been a person that says it's best to go to experts than try to pretend that you know something that you need more information about. And that's one thing that I do. And I am very honest and upfront about it. And I feel like people do that with me. I'm often asked for my opinion or what I would do. And can you role play this scenario? And how might you think about that? I do the same with other people and with people that I don't know, because I feel like we're all in this together in terms of if we're working on a project, we want a positive outcome. We want it to be successful. It's a team effort. So why not? depend on each other to get to the finish line. Why not hold hands together in the race to the end of the road? And I think those are just kind of simple ways and honest ways to figure something out about working at a level that's so important, that institutional level. And I've, and also I've been in a part of TCOM, which was Patty Salkin, our provost. Project. And I know that you too were a member of that team. And being in that cohort taught me so much. It gave me a lot of what I call blind courage, or just to be kind of fearless about things that I don't know. Because if you don't know, you don't know to be afraid of it, right? You don't know the hesitation. If you just simply ask the question, the only thing somebody can say to you is, I don't have time, I don't know, talk to somebody else. Those are perfectly fine answers. I'm okay with that because I'm going to go to the next person if they tell me to, you know, that's really how I am able to work at the institutional level and also continue to work at uh, the undergraduate level because there's always new faculty coming in. There's always questions that come up, initiatives that need to be evaluated or talked about or discussed. So everything's perpetually moving and in motion.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So you have done, again, a lot of surveys, different types of committees. Tell us one of your favorite memories of a service.
0: Whoa, that's, again, another good question. (laughs) There are so, so many memories. I can remember... Again, I'm going all the way back to the Women's Leadership Council at the very beginning. And this is a kind of funny story, at least, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now. We were doing a presentation and we were in one of the big sort of conference rooms and the technology was not serving us as well as it should. And it was at that moment that I learned that you sometimes have to walk away from technology take all that you know, and then just begin to do a good old-fashioned presentation, show-and-tell conversation about what the entire presentation is about without the help of technology. And then in the meantime, the technical people behind me, they're plugging things in, the lights are flashing, things are going completely wacko. And then, but you just have to maintain a certain amount of stick-to-itiveness, focus, stay forward, acknowledge that there is a problem. I think the main thing is when people pretend that something is not crashing and burning, admit we're having technical difficulties right now, but you know what? We can continue. Many of you have questions that you have sent. Let's 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 go there. Let's talk about these questions. So you have to be able to segue. You have to be very improvisational. It's all about the recovery. It's never about the mistake. It's about how you look as the mistake is happening and where you are going to get those moments of making everything come back to normalcy or as normal as you can make it. And that's, I've had several of those. Sometimes it's technology, sometimes, and you've probably experienced this when you've been doing a presentation and an audience member will ask a question and that question throws off sort of the entire trajectory of where you're going. So how do you freeze frame that? I always use that phrase, let's freeze frame what you just said because that's an important question and let's redirect. And I will personally talk to you about that offline. So you have to have these strategies to not get thrown off your purpose. That's what I've learned. And they often serve me in times of when things aren't going exactly the way as planned. Even the best laid plans can go awry. You have to just know how to recover and do it with some grace and some dignity and not sort of blame anything or anybody in that moment and just keep the wheels turning.
1: Beautiful. I love the way you said it. It's about recovery and not the mistake. Right. It's true. It truly is. So, what is your service philosophy?
0: <laughs> this is something that my aunt, 103 years old, and she just passed away, but Sorry. she used to always say, you have to treat other people no matter who they are, no matter what they say and what they do, the way that you would like to be treated under those same circumstances, even if it's difficult. So you have to find a way to recast the die. Even when you feel defensive or even if you feel under stress or if the circumstance feels negative, you have to find a way to get through those moments and heal yourself and make the situation work as best as possible. In other words, don't come unglued. Understand that people sometimes will say things and they don't really even know that they've said something that is not appropriate. And you just find a way to self-correct and decide even in that moment, is it worth making a correction with them? And usually it isn't. They're just ways to treat people the way in all circumstances and under all conditions that you would love to be treated should those circumstances and conditions you be faced with and that's kind of my philosophy it comes from my family
1: wow that's pretty powerful and strong well We are at the, almost at the end of our episode. Thank you so much for coming to our conversation today. And once again, congratulations on receiving the uh, Service Award from the Torah University. It's such a prestigious award, congratulations again. Um, And thank you to our listeners for listening to this episode with Gina Barwell. And this episode also concludes our episode for season two and stay tuned for season three, which will be coming up in the 23 academic year. Thank you all so much.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for tuning in to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, Turo's podcast featuring the projects and work of faculty throughout the Turo College and university system. TFC is sponsored by the Office of the Provost and Kettle, the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. We hope you like what you heard and will keep listening. So join us next time on The Faculty Chronicles as we highlight and share faculty achievements that build community, connection, and continuous conversation.